0: Good
1: morning and welcome to our service at Brighton Road Baptist Church this morning. Thank you for joining us. My name is Tim Carter. I'm one of the ministers here and my colleague Michael Hogg will be bringing God's word to us later in the service. It's spring and it's a good feeling. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 113, the first three verses. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore, From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. So we take up this, this hymn of praise to God that goes round the world. We play our part as we sing together, love of God revealed in wonder.
0: Father God, thank you for creating
1: us. We adore you for your patience with your wayward children, for the way which you bear with us when our understanding is skewed and our behaviour goes wrong. Jesus, thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for the way which you are with us at all times, your humanity intertwined with ours. Thank you for showing us the way through your life and through your word to us. And Holy Spirit, thank you for empowering us. We adore you for working through us despite our failings, for the way in which you live in us and enable us to live our lives with a strength greater than our own. Lord our God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Empowerer, we worship you this morning. Amen. Elijah was not in a good place. He was utterly drained. The strain and pressure had taken their toll and now he was emotionally and physically exhausted. He'd had enough. Even his faith didn't feel like it was a support anymore. It had just become one more burden that was too heavy to carry. So Elijah did what men usually do. He went into his cave, shut himself away, sought refuge in solitude. And after a sleepless night, he heard the voice of God telling him to get up and go outside so he could see the Lord as God went by. Elijah went and stood on the mountainside. And outside the cave there came a ferocious wind. It was strong enough to shake the mountain and shatter the rocks around him. But the Lord was not in the wind. Elijah waited. Then there came an earthquake, strong enough to throw him to the ground. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And Elijah waited. Then he saw a blazing fire consuming the area around him. He was close enough to feel the intensity of the heat. But the Lord was not in the fire. A Strong wind, a, a massive earthquake, a, a blazing fire, these things normally would be indicators of the presence of the Lord. But this time they were just empty signs. Elijah waited. And eventually there came a gentle breeze, bringing the faintest whisper of a still, small voice. God had come. God spoke. Elijah worshipped. Thank you.
0: In Isaiah 30, 15, we read these words.
1: In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust, shall be your strength. Let me read the words again to you. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust, shall be your strength. Spend a moment in quiet and just allow God to speak to you in the stillness through those words. Are you open to receive that, to accept that as God's word to you? The people to whom Isaiah spoke those words didn't believe them. They wouldn't accept them. But what about you? Will you accept this as God's word to you? In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. going to lead us in prayer. O God, open to us today the sea of your mercy and water us with full streams from the riches of your grace and springs of your kindness. Make us children of quietness and heirs of peace. Kindle in us the fire of your love, sow in us your fear. Strengthen our weakness by your power and bind us close to you and to each other. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Whoa.
0: Can I lead you in prayer?
1: Lord, thank you for the return of spring. Thank you for the hope that brings us. Thank you for signs of life on the trees with buds, for crocuses and snowdrops and every other sign of your goodness. Thank you for warming our hearts with hope and with the knowledge of your love. Thank you that there is a sense that we are reaching the end of a long, dark tunnel. Pray for those who still feel that there's a long way to go. Pray for those whose mental health has been adversely affected by the the strains and pressures and isolation of these months. Hold them in your love. Give them healing, we pray. We pray particularly for those in care homes, some of whom haven't been able to see their loved ones for a long, long time. And pray that as the opportunity for that reunion comes, that you would bring love and healing into their lives and into the lives of their families. And we thank you for all the staff in care homes who have worked so hard and shown dedication and commitment and have have kept that level of care going throughout this long, dark winter. Protect them and renew their strength, we pray. The same we ask for NHS workers. Thank you for a reduction in the sense of crisis in the NHS that we recognise there are Parts of the country where still lots of people are coming into hospital. But we pray for those who are exhausted and ask that you would renew their strength. And when the chance comes for them to have a rest, Lord, may it may it be restorative for them in body and mind and soul. We thank you for the care they've taken of us and we bless you for them and commend them to you. Lord, we recognise that tomorrow is a big day for schools with children going back, pray for staff, pray that all the preparation that's done would enable them to be ready and pray for a calm and settled return in these coming days. Pray for children and young people who are anxious about returning. Give them your peace, we pray, and help them pick up on an education system that's been so disrupted over these months. We think particularly of those who have assessments this year with all the uncertainty about how they are to be examined. Give them peace. Enable them, the teachers, to find ways of accurately assessing their attainment. And pray, Lord, that you'd enable them to, the children to find their way into the future despite all they've been through in these formative years. We commend them to you in Jesus' name. We, we, we think of the many shops that are closed, the many businesses that are closed, people whose lives have been disrupted, some of them irrevocably. For those who are looking for work, for those who cannot see the way ahead, would you open new doors for them, we pray. Give them the mental and emotional strength to find a way forward. And for those who are really up against it financially, We pray for wisdom in how to to look after themselves with the limited financial resources available. We we thank you for the Horsham Debt Advice Service and for the lifeline that's been to so many people. And as they seek funding for the future, we pray that you would enable that vital ministry to continue. And we think too of the Oasis Pregnancy Advice Service. Thank you for their work in education. Enable them to begin to get back into schools again, uh, to enable young people to discover ways of being responsible and understanding how pregnancy works. And for the support they give to people with unexpected pregnancies. Enable them to bring peace and calm and a sense of direction to people who have been stunned by the news that they're expecting a baby. Enable these ministries to continue, Lord, in the future. And we recognise too tomorrow is a big day for David Sheldon as he leaves us and starts work for the Southeastern Baptist Association as their new operations manager. Lord, fill him with your spirit. Bless him abundantly in this new role. Enable him to quickly to establish good, effective working relationships so that the work of the association can flourish through him. Anoint him with your spirit, with all that he needs to serve you in this way. And for ourselves, as we look for his replacement, give us wisdom and guidance. We thank you for Play School. We thank you for the way in which that has continued throughout these months. And we pray your blessing on on Sue and Claire and all the staff as they look to continue that into the future. Thank you for your faithfulness to that ministry. Thank you for the way in which it has been such a blessing to many families. We pray, Lord, for play school that it would flourish in these coming months and that you'd guide us as a church how best to, to minister to families in play school and in other areas of our church life. Lord, our buildings have been closed. Be with us as we seek to explore fresh ministries, fresh ways of serving you, using Brighton Road as a, a base of operations. Thank you for your faithfulness as, to us as a church over these months. May we find your faithfulness and goodness in the months that lie ahead,
0: we ask in Jesus' name.
1: Amen.
3: The reading today is from Philippians, chapter 1, verses 12 to 21. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel, knowing that I am put here for the defence of the Gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached and because of this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, To live is Christ and to die is gain.
4: We are looking at what Paul wrote in his letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verse 12. Now, I want you to know that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. What does Paul mean when he says this? And what does it mean for us? Paul is writing while imprisoned in Rome. He was arrested as a result of preaching the gospel and he appealed to Caesar to hear his case. He is under house arrest awaiting trial. Though he had freedom to entertain guests and carry on his preaching and teaching, he will have had a constant guard. One commentator explains, according to Roman custom, he was bound by the hand to the soldier who guarded him and was never left alone, day or night. The Philippians were concerned about Paul's imprisonment. They saw it as a hindrance to his ministry. But part of the reason why Paul is writing to them is so that they can better understand what God is achieving through this supposed hindrance. He prays for knowledge and depth of insight so that they will be able to discern what is best. Paul is wanting them to gain a proper perspective on his imprisonment. His prison has purpose. His chains, rather than hindering the gospel, are advancing the good news of Jesus Christ the greek word that paul uses here for the advance of the gospel is prokopen uh, this is made from the words pro meaning in front of and kopto meaning cut or chop down it literally means advancement by chopping down whatever impedes progress. Picture someone chopping through briars and thick underbush in order to advance forwards and blaze a new trail. Paul's chains, rather than preventing the Gospel's progress, are actually serving to cut through obstacles so that the good news about Jesus may spread to those who otherwise would not have heard. Paul's priority is the Gospel. To preach Christ crucified and him raised from the dead, nothing else matters. Though detained and restrained, Paul is not lethargically languishing in prison. He is active and alert, carving out a bespoke ministry despite his chains, or rather, because of his chains. Now this raises a question. If Paul's chains, troubles, hindrances only served to advance the gospel, what about our chains, our restrictions? We can be tempted to moan, groan and grumble about the trials and hardships that we undergo. But what if we were to adopt the same attitude and outlook that Paul displayed, one of joy and purpose? What if we were to ask the question, how are my chains serving to advance the gospel what if we were to pray father use my chains to advance your gospel perhaps by viewing our chains through this lens we will discover an excitement about what god is doing so Where and how do Paul's chains advance the gospel? Well, firstly, the gospel has advanced throughout the palace. Paul writes in verse 13, It has become clear throughout the whole palace guard that I am in chains for Christ. Paul is referring to an elite unit of the Imperial Roman army called the Praetorian Guard. Its members served as personal bodyguards and as an intelligence service for the Roman emperors. So the whole of Nero's top security detail knew why Paul was there, because... Of Christ Jesus and with Paul chained constantly to one guard after another they will have heard his words and seen the authenticity of his life they wouldn't have been able to escape his witness God had got them right where he wanted them you can imagine how the conversations would go A new guard comes on duty and is chained up to Paul. So, Paul, what are you in here for? Well, for telling others about Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? I'm so glad you asked. How long does your shift last? Paul is held captive, but the gospel is running rampant. Through the whole palace guard. No doubt as soldiers came to know and accept Christ for themselves. Paul then began to disciple them. All under Nero's nose and paid out of Rome's pocket. Paul never regarded himself as a prisoner of Nero or of Rome. But a prisoner of Christ jesus was in charge paul was right where jesus wanted him in chains that offered him opportunity to minister life and not only to the guards but paul says in verse 13 to everyone else servants and staff in the palace in philippians chapter 4 verse Twenty-two, Paul references fellow believers in Caesar's household. The gospel of Jesus Christ was a growing light in the dark heart of Rome. Even under a tyrannical and debauched emperor such as Nero, the gospel was being advanced. Even in the darkest, most Desperate of situations, the good news of Jesus advances and shines forth. Paul also tells us that the gospel was advancing because of an increased confidence amongst the believers. He writes in verse 14, Because of my chains, most of the uh, brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. With Paul chained up, others had to grow up, step up to the mark, stand up and speak up for Christ, and buck up their ideas. This was no time to give up. Facing their fears, They overcame the obstacles and objections with increased courage and confidence. Perhaps they said, If Paul can witness in prison, surely I can witness wherever God has placed me. Each and every disciple of Jesus is to share the good news about him wherever. We find ourselves. And Paul was glad that others were preaching Christ, whatever their motives or reasons. Some were doing it out of goodwill and love, others out of envy and rivalry and selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they could stir up trouble for Paul while he was in chains. What mattered to Paul was not so much the motives of sharing the gospel, not even the consequences for him personally, but the fact that the gospel was being shared and advanced. He writes in verse 18, But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Extraordinary. You may find yourself in less than perfect conditions. You may feel trapped, restricted and hindered. Yet the Lord calls you to look to him, to his plans and purposes, within and through you. See your chains and pains as opportunity for gains. He is advancing his kingdom. We don't need everything to be easy in order to be fruitful. We may feel stuck in the if-onlys. If only I didn't have problems. If only my life were easier. But Paul demonstrates a different mindset. God brings triumph from terrors and tragedies. God turns obstacles into opportunities. God turns an insurmountable stumbling block into a divinely appointed springboard. Give your chains to Christ and see what he does with them to advance his good news. Amen.
3: goodness be yours. And well, seven times well, may you spend your lives. May you be an isle in the sea. May you be a hill on the shore. May you be a star in the darkness. May you be a staff to the weak. May the love Christ Jesus gave fill every heart for you. May the love Christ Jesus gave fill you for everyone.